0: The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded.
2: We have a late entry. Yeah, there were a lot of worthy candidates this week, but there is a potential for a new candidate Every time the idiots in Washington, D.C. get together, and it wasn't until late yesterday that a winner actually emerged. And now it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. It was a House Judiciary Subcommittee hearing yesterday. The topic was the dangers of transgender procedures for young people. Chloe Cole, a 19-year-old woman who had her breasts removed, I think it was at 16, because she thought she wanted to be a boy or a man, delivered a powerful five-minute speech on the horrors she went through because of the bad advice she got from doctors. And she tried to warn parents not to allow doctors to do what her parents allowed doctors to do to her. Paula Scanlon uh, gave a spectacular speech about her experiences as a swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania when a man calling himself Leah Thomas showed up to be on the team. And she also mentioned during her uh, testimony that she was a sexual assault victim at 16 and that it was traumatic for her to be expected to share a locker room with a naked man. Well, after all that, this is what Jerry Nadler, the nauseating Democrat ranking member on the Judiciary Committee, puked out. Today's hearing is an all-time low for the Republican majority. In my three decades in Congress, I have taken part in plenty of hearings where I did not agree with the choice of topic, to say the least. But I am absolutely disgusted by the Republican majority's bullying, bigoted framing of an issue that would otherwise be worthy of serious discussion. What we are witnessing today is nothing less than a taxpayer-funded platform for congressional Republicans to bully transgender kids We're already some of the most vulnerable members of our community. Actually, what we witnessed is that Jerry is old. He's been in Congress way too long. He's really hard to look at, and he has a reputation for falling asleep during hearings. But he stayed awake long enough to become the AM 1250, the answer, jerk of the week. And when we come back, we are going to talk to Paula Scanlon... And in our second half hour, we're going to talk to Daniel Turner about those claims that the earth was hotter this month than it's been in 125,000 years. Stick around.
1: Net Worth Advisors has a question for you. Is your retirement inflation-proofed? Here's what we mean. In retirement, chances are you're on a fixed income with variable expenses. So how do you not run out of money when the cost of just about everything continues to go up? You inflation proof it. Beth Andrews and the team at NetWorth Advisors can show you strategies to help combat inflation so it doesn't outpace your retirement income. Call us today at 800 426 1428 to learn more. Inflation could take a huge chunk out of your retirement savings, but it doesn't have to. With some simple planning, inflation can go from being a major disruption to a minor annoyance. Call Beth Andrews and the team at NetWorth Advisors now to start inflation proofing your retirement today. 800 426 Fourteen twenty eight. That's 800-426-1428. Net Worth Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk. Firm offers insurance services. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary, with over
2: 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. This is John Steigerwald. You will receive a queen-size MyPillow for 1998 regular price is 69.98 and just $10 more for a king size in addition to this special anniversary offer on the My Pillows, you will also receive deep discounts on all My Pillow products such as bed sheets mattress toppers pet beds mattresses my slippers and so much more go to mypillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the queen size My Pillow for 1998 or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAC. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty, so you know it's going to last, and a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want, but need. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call
0: 800-716-8087.
3: Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or to download the app today.
4: This
0: is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
2: Well, Paul Scanlon made uh, big news yesterday when she testified in front of a House Judiciary Subcommittee and gave an eyewitness account of having been subjected to having a man show up to be her teammate on the University of Pennsylvania swimming team. And she joins us now. Paula, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it.
5: Thank you so much for having me.
2: So, um... I, I was really impressed with uh, your performance yesterday. I, I guess it's, it can be called kind of a performance because uh, there's a lot of pressure there. And I think everybody was impressed with how well you did. Um, I'm sure there's it's not everybody who has to testify in front of a congressional committee. But um, I, I, Riley Gaines has had a huge impact after going public with her disagreement with having to compete against a man uh, in the NCAA championships uh, named Leah, Leah Thomas. When did you decide to go public with your story?
5: Yeah, so in about May of this year, I felt that I had taken enough time of reflection and I had been working a normal corporate job because I graduated back in May of 2022. Um, and I realized that the treatment that happened to me and the unfairness and the injustice that I saw to all the girls uh, bothered me too much to stay quiet about it. So ultimately, in June, at the beginning of June, my story did end up breaking uh, with me publicly expressing the truth of what happened on the team. And a, with a lot of information, most of the general public didn't know.
2: Yeah, And um, are, are there other women who were on your team who are showing their support publicly now? Who were no, on the team no of the team? one
5: on my team has publicly that was on the team has publicly made a statement, but there have been girls on the team that have messaged me in private
2: okay so that, uh, that's support. that's a that's a big question to me. Why are they not going public? are they afraid of what you know what the repercussions
5: yeah uh, I've heard everywhere from you know I'm afraid that I'll lose my job, or I don't want to have to be forced to make statements about this all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of different reasons for why people are quiet, and I I understand why I was scared for a year, um, but ultimately I knew in my heart the right thing to do was to speak out and to help prevent this from happening to other girls, especially girls that are really young.
2: Well, there would be a lot of safety in numbers, wouldn't there, if if all of the girls on the team... See, I, I I wrote a column about this issue four years ago, so this is not something i you know just came up with in the last week. Um, and I said that the only solution, maybe not the only solution, but a simple solution to this is for every woman or girl involved in a situation where like this, when it presents itself, they all have to join together and say, "He should, he plays, he swims, we don't." End of story. We're out of here. Whether it's competing against. Or with, now I, I guess I, what I'm asking is, what happens if he shows up, uh, whenever it was he, uh, whenever Leah Thomas eventually showed up, uh, and everybody gets together and says, no, we're not doing this, we're not, this is ridiculous, uh, we're not doing it. Uh, he's your swim team because we're not it, we're out of here. Now I know that's easy for me to say because I don't have a scholarship. But what, would, what, would the, what do you think the reaction of the athletic department or the team or the university would be if everybody just said, well, enjoy your swim team because he's it, we ain't it, what would have happened?
5: I think if that happened, it would have been very interesting for the department. The athletic department would have had to make a call. But in terms of my personal experience on my team, mm-hmm. there's no way we ever would have been able to pull that off because there were girls on the team who did agree with uh, Leah Uh, being there. That's
2: what I thought, yeah.
5: Um, And so, of course, it would just take a very rare team in this country to have every single biological girl on the team agree Mm -hmm. that they didn't want a transgender individual on their team. And I'm yet to see that. I I still think there's a lot of people that agree with this. To, To the extent that they agree, it varies. There are a whole array about it i would say most people do agree to some extent that it is wrong but there definitely are people that think that it's 100 percent correct
2: so, the, what so do you, just off the top of your head what do you you think it's a 60 40 80 20 who think it's not good or is it 50 50 what would you say it is just uh, based on your own experience with your team
5: yeah i would say about 80 percent of people uh, that I've spoken to agree to some extent that it's wrong. Whether yeah. some people are okay with the locker room, but not okay with the competition. Some people are more concerned about the locker room and less concerned about the fairness of competition. Um, it really depends who you ask. But 80% have a viewpoint that some aspect of transgender individuals being in the locker room or on the team is unfair.
2: Okay, so um, when did you and your teammates first become aware that a, a man was going to be on your team?
5: We found out in the fall of 2019, uh, there was a team meeting where our coach let a member of the men's team called Will Thomas leave, uh, lead the women's team meeting, and we thought that was very interesting. And then in this meeting, Will, at the time still Will, said, I'm going to be joining your team. Um, please refer to me now with she, her pronouns um i'll have to take a year of hormone treatment but the following year they would be eligible to compete on a women's team and that's what we were told it was under five minutes that was it and we never spoke about it again
2: so you say you never we never spoke about it again what was we
5: never had a formal team meeting about it again
2: (laughs) so what was the reaction um when you guys i say guys maybe that's not a time (laughs) to use that term uh when you ladies uh left the that meeting when that meeting broke up and you were off by yourselves, was everybody – was there a discussion? This is ridiculous. Did you have a debate about it? What are we going to do about this? Or did you, did you just accept it?
5: I think I was in shock, and I think I was more – I was hesitant to bring it up to people – um, I did have one on one conversations with a lot of people just saying, like, oh, you know, I'm very interested how this is going to work out. Or, because again, it, it was still at least a year away, and then COVID happened, so it ended up being two years later. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of it was just, it's in the future, and I would try to talk to people who weren't on the swim team. And voiced my concerns about it. I remember I called my family. And a lot of them people were saying, this will get sorted out. There was Mm -hmm. hope at every single stage that girls I was talking to, people who weren't on the team, told me this is going to get sorted out. The university is going to step in. The NCAA is going to step in. Somebody's going to stop this. You don't have to worry about it. And ultimately, that's not what happened. We did have to worry about it. And I felt that a lot of these people in power really let us down when they had a chance to stop this because we knew for so long about it happening.
6: And
2: I know you can't look into their heads, but would you guess that the reason that they didn't stand up for you is the same reason that some of the girls on the team didn't stand up for themselves? That would be afraid of the repercussions?
5: Yeah, exactly. And, And my coaching staff, my coaches, and, you know, I really do not blame them or the program in any way for this happening, because I know that if they did try to do something to prevent it, they would have been fired and they would have brought in a coach that would have allowed it. Yeah. Um, so ultimately nobody was going to win, but they would be out of a job. We would be, you know, in, a, in an environment with a new coach who most likely would have been worse than the coach that we had, you know? So there's, there's a lot to be said that every single person involved was in a very challenging situation. Um, and I, and I really feel for everyone that got involved.
2: We're talking to Paula Scanlon. She's a former member of the uh, University of Pennsylvania swim team, and uh, she uh, testified <laughs> yesterday in front of a uh, House Judiciary Subcommittee about transge- the problems with uh, transgender kids. I think that, the, the, that was about the dangers of of, of um, the trans- transgender movement and what it's doing to kids. I think that's what the – was that what the, the hearing was really about? It was more of that than it was about your situation? You were just kind of a witness to talk about how – ridiculous it is
5: yeah i think that the main purpose is to talk about actual policy regarding health care mm-hmm. for uh, minors but there was a aspect of it where they wanted to talk about due process violations of the transgender movement so there was a lawyer there that was also testifying that discussed uh, some of the more of the topics i was talking about but it, it is all related so it, it did make sense to have everyone there
2: now, were you warned? Not just you, but the, the team. Were were, were you, uh, you and your teammates, warned that he would be dressing in the same room as you while you are dressing, and he would be? I guess everybody's naked. I don't know. I, I've never been in a, a women's locker room, at, you know, a, a women's swimming team locker room. But what? When were you told that he, you you were supposed to accept him dressing in the in your dressing room?
5: So we at the beginning were told that potentially Leah would be changing in a different locker room. Um, and actually, so I mentioned that Leah announced their transition in the fall of 2019.
0: Yeah.
5: In that time, Leah was still on the men's team because they weren't eligible to compete in the last of that year of testosterone suppressant. Mm-hmm. And they were changing in the men's locker room, but saying that they identified as a woman. And occasionally, people would invite Leah to come into the women's locker room during that season and would say, um, is everybody decent? Like Leah's is going to come in. Yeah. Leah's going to come in. And so we were given a warning back then, but for some reason, two years later, once the season started and Leah was eligible to compete under the NCAA misguided guidelines, um, then it didn't matter and we just showed up for the season to begin and Leah had a locker just like everybody else on the team and it wasn't really addressed so what I'm asking is just because you've gone through two additional years of just suppressing your hormones somehow you're eligible to change in the women's locker room when previously you were in the men's it made, it just made no sense it was like I was like what is what is the guideline here behind this
2: so but see I I, I covered sports for a long time so I've been in a lot of locker rooms um and so I uh, no again i I was never in a women's locker room, and I never had the ex- need to go in one I guess the sports that I was covering but um uh i, I mean I know what it looks like in a locker room it, it, is does does this leah Thomas person come in and just boldly take off his uh clothes and and change into the bathing suit and act like you're supposed to not notice or he doesn't care if you notice i'm just what what was what was the um what was that like for everybody the first time that happened.
5: Yeah, so I, a lot of girls, I did notice some girls. So the, the layout of the locker room is just kind of two sections, and so I was fortunate enough to be in the, the section that Leah was not in. Mm-hmm. So to be entirely honest, I would just look into my locker and change as quickly as I could. I didn't look at anybody. I didn't talk to anybody. I just really wanted to get in and out of there as quickly as possible. But mm-hmm. I do know uh, one of my teammates who's you know been in support and spoken to me she had the locker next to Leah, and she changed in the family locker room in, outside of our locker room.
2: Just to avoid having to change next to him, you mean? Yes.
5: Yeah. And then eventually she just started changing in the bathroom stall in the locker room. Again, that's also distant from where her locker actually is. And I would see her. I would see her kind of like tiptoe over to the bathroom stall, and I knew exactly what she's doing. And I'm sure mm-hmm. other girls knew that she felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, So, again, I was fortunate Enough to not have a locker right next to Leah and in that section of changing, and I so I personally did not look as much as I could. I never really looked over there, but uh, <laughs> there were girls that that were in that section that were not even comfortable changing by their locker at all
2: yeah and i'm I'm just I, i'm I guess I'm trying to get to is this Leah Thomas person we don't know too much about him other than he's famous for having done what he did, but um and I guess. I, I'm always curious as to how these men who decide that they can do this in a women's locker room do they do they show any deference toward the fact that some women there might be uncomfortable or do they just expect you to expect expect him expect you to accept his nakedness and not um, and not complain or not notice it or what, I just don't that's what I don't get. How do you, as a man, how do you go into a women's locker room well, and get naked and expect everybody not to notice or to notice and not care?
5: Yeah, so obviously you, yourself, as a man, would never come into a women's locker room, and you would you would feel incredibly uncomfortable in a women's locker room, yeah. I bet. Yeah. Um, but this individual truly believes that they're a woman, so they truly think that they're a woman, they think, of course, I'm going to be accompanied by other women changing. Of course, they're going to be comfortable by me because I'm a woman and they must accept me as a woman. So it really is like they, they truly just believe that that's where they belong. And if you don't agree, then that person doesn't matter because I know that I'm in the right place. So they very much so like believe that they belong in there. Um, and again, it, and it's hard because I obviously people and girls like myself were uncomfortable about this, and it's it doesn't matter because as long as this other person is happy, we we must comply.
2: Well, I should mention too, then we have a couple of minutes left here that during your testimony yesterday, you mentioned that you were sexually assaulted yourself when you were 16 years old, yeah. and, and and how that, and how that that how that affects your reaction to seeing this or having to deal with it.
5: Yeah, and that is something I really struggled with for a really long time. I would have recurring nightmares about it. Um, And that is something that no one really wanted to talk about because my feelings of being uncomfortable changing next to a biological man was just dismissed as being transphobic or homophobic. Um, And I was against the LGBT community, but I felt that my personal experiences were, were dismissed to help somebody else feel comfortable. What about, what about myself? What about what I feel comfortable with? And I found that a lot of people and after I revealed this yesterday, I've gotten a lot of hate from people on the other side of this that have told me that uh, I'm using my personal hate to spew hatred onto others, that I don't re- represent everyone who's been sexually assaulted. Apparently there's a bunch of sexual assault victims that wouldn't be comfortable changing next to a man. Um, so, yeah, I've gotten a lot of heat for that, and I think it's it's really invalidating, frankly, I think I'm disappointed in hearing that people don't aren't willing to to listen to somebody that is expressing their uncomfortability comfortability with it.
2: Well, there was another woman there yesterday she just turned nineteen yesterday, and she had uh, transitioned from a woman to a man and back again, and she was just she spent five minutes doing a really powerful speech about what, how how horrible it was for her. And then there was your speech about the dealing with the issue of having you know, a male in the locker room and having to compete against men. And Jerry Nadler, a guy who's been in Congress way too long, actually said, and you heard his speech, he, he just scolded the Republicans and called the entire hearing uh, uh, just hate against transgender people. What did you think of that?
5: First off, um, he's actually my representative. I reside in Manhattan. Um, so he 's my rep that's nice. unfortunately for me um and to be told that by my state elected representative um was really disheartening and frankly, I think he is anti woman on this stance. I think his him saying that completely invalidated my feelings, and it just shows me that he doesn't have acceptance and care for women that literally live in his district um and I, and I found that it was just really difficult. But I will say, he read that off a piece of paper. Sure, he did. He reads
2: everything off a piece of paper.
5: There were staffers coming in and out the whole time, handing him things, whispering things to him. So I know some some you know 20-something-year-old staffer wrote that, and he read it from the script, and he probably doesn't even know what he's talking about, or didn't even know what myself or Chloe was even saying in our testimonies.
2: Well, Paula, you really impressed the country yesterday with your testimony there, and uh, I I know you're with the uh, Independent Women's Forum now. I'm going to be hearing more from you. Great job, and I hope you have a lot more success in convincing people of just how insane all of this is.
5: Yeah, thank you so much for the time and having me on.
2: Okay, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. That's Paula Scanlon, and we will be right back.
0: news i'm john scott in phoenix the homeless struggle to stay safe in blistering temperatures Correspondent Jennifer King reports.
5: Amanda Wynn is a volunteer with a community group, Guarded Hope.
3: The only way to stay a little bit cool is by having well, something to keep your food cool, something to keep your water cool.
5: Maricopa County, Arizona tallied over two dozen confirmed heat-related deaths this season and 425 last summer. I'm Jennifer King.
0: In Consumer News, Ford recalling more than 870,000 newer F-150 pickup trucks in the U.S. because the electric parking brakes can turn on unexpectedly. The recall covers certain pickups from 2021 through 2023 model years with single exhaust systems. And after years of financial struggles, U.S. trucker Yellow Corporation is reportedly preparing for bankruptcy and seeing customers leave in large numbers. This is SRN News.
4: The recent bank failures are serving as a warning about how fragile our banking system really is. As millions of Americans panic, do you know what central banks are doing? Well, they're actually buying up gold at record levels. They're relying on it as a safe haven during these difficult times. That's how confident they are in the dollar. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author and evangelical leader to millions of people just like you. We're all Americans who want to protect our family's savings no matter what. I tell people the best option is to diversify their 401k or IRA into physical gold or silver with the help of Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, just text the word FAITH to the number 989898 to get a free information kit on gold IRAs. Look, there's no strings attached. It's not going to hurt you to take action now. So take the first step today and educate yourself. Get your free info kit when you text FAITH to 989898 98 98 right now. And I pray you and your family are greatly blessed.
0: You listen to them every day. Now, you have the chance to meet one of our incomparable Salem program hosts face-to-face. Enter the terrific talker's VIP experience.
7: The grand prize winner gets to choose which of our 20 radio, TV, and podcast hosts they'd like to meet, even sit in on the program.
0: Includes airfare, 3 nights hotel, and more. 20 program hosts. One amazing opportunity. Sponsored by Save the Storks. Register to win now at theanswerpgh.com.
6: Attention,
3: your money is now controlled by the U.S. government. Picture a world where your every purchase is monitored, tracked, and controlled by those in power to suppress the freedoms of those they see fit. Hi, my name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. And right now, I've become very focused on the impending rollout of the central bank digital currency. This is not a work of fiction. It's a terrifying reality looming on the horizon. But there is a bit of good news. I've partnered with Advantage Gold to offer you a solution. They are specialists in converting your traditional assets, like those inside an IRA or 401k, into tangible assets such as physical gold and silver. Don't allow your money to be controlled. Claim your free gold protection kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800 900 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Call 800-900-8000. AM
0: 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, TuneIn, iHeart, or Odyssey. I am 1250, the answer. Weather.
7: Heat advisory remains in effect through this evening. Partly cloudy and humid tonight. couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm, especially late. Those storms can bring flash flooding and damaging winds, low 70. Mostly cloudy and humid tomorrow with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Storms could bring flash flooding and damaging winds, high 84. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 64. Sunshine and patchy clouds, Sunday, the high 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
0: The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
2: So, is it hot enough for you? Better be because it's been hotter than it's been in 125,000 years. At least that's what we've been hearing. I don't know what the media were saying about it 125,000 years ago, but they've been jumping all over it the last few days. Daniel Turner is founder and CEO of Power of the Future. He joins us now. Daniel, thanks for coming on.
6: John, always a pleasure to be on your program. Thank you for having me back.
2: Well, and I'd like to have you to try to bring some sanity to this stuff. Can you do that? So so who was keeping track of temperatures 125,000 years ago?
6: Yeah, we're at this stage of insanity in in our political discourse and and in the public square that that numbers don't really have a value anymore. Um, We just make things up. Heck, you hear President Biden talk about how he's created 12 million jobs uh, as if, 12 million jobs that didn't exist before came online because of him. And not 12 million people were finally allowed to go back to work because COVID restrictions were lifted. And it's the same with this. Uh, Heck, how many times has Al Gore told us that the world was going to end or the oceans would dry up or they would boil? I forget what. So we just make up numbers now.
2: And so it seems like this happens every summer, though. I'm pretty sure it gets kind of hot in July and August around
6: here. Yeah, and here's this the the, the damaging thing about that. The, definitely we talk more about climate issues and, and global warming uh, in the summer because the heat is really uncomfortable. Um, but oddly enough, we have, as humans, a greater ability to tolerate the heat than we do the cold. Four times as many people die of the cold each year than die of the heat. So the problem is we have these really hot days. Everyone is uncomfortable. The left uses that to pass some crazy climate law that makes oil and gas and coal and electricity expensive. But the deadly part of it is felt when the winter turns around, Uh, when it's hot and you can't afford air conditioning, odds are, unless you have some health issue, odds are you'll be okay. You'll be uncomfortable, but you'll be okay. But like I said, four times as many people die in the cold, and that's where our climate policies and our energy policies can be deadly. And uh, even if
2: it's true, what are we going to do about it? And how long is it going to take to stop the heat?
6: Well, and that's a great point. Uh, you know, I was on Fox this morning and, and in New York City, which is where I'm born and raised, and it's definitely hot in New York. Uh, it's in the mid-90s. But you look at the weather forecast in a week, and it's 77 degrees. And I would encourage the people, or the great people of Pittsburgh, <laughs> to do the same. And I guarantee you next week the weather forecast is different. And come back to me in two months in Pittsburgh when you have that early snowfall and people will say, I can't believe it's already snowing. The climate is always going to change uh, and, and spending millions of dollars and turning over your liberty and freedom is not going to stop that from happening.
2: Well, I think I heard somewhere that the ocean is boiling up. I don't know where. I, I, <laughs> down, is it off the coast of
6: Florida? That's the new phrase now that the uh, U.N. Secretary General, and you remember that election, John, right? You and the great people of Pittsburgh remember voting for the U.N. Secretary General. Yeah, right. Yeah, I got my vote. Now climate, uh, um, uh, not not global warming, global boiling, and he wants people to be afraid of that. Now, I'm not sure what global summit he was at when he gave those remarks. I will tell you this. He is preparing to bring 40,000 of his closest friends to Dubai in early November for the next climate conference. Last ones was at Sharm el-Sheikh. I was on your show to talk about it. 400 private jets, several dozen from the United States, um, and around 40,000 attendees, and they're doing it again. And they're doing it this time in Dubai because I've heard they have great food. I've heard they have a wonderful wine scene, a world's fanciest hotel and biggest building. So why not hold a climate summit in Dubai? So yeah, for the for the UN Secretary General, some bureaucrat, none of us voted for, to try to compromise our way of life while he's on literally private jets traveling around the world at climate summits. Um, I think it's another reason why we should really consider our role in the UN if we have one role at all.
2: Yeah, I heard that uh, actually that Youngstown, Ohio finished second uh, for that. To to uh, Dubai for that for that conference,
6: <laughs> and it was, it was and it was very it was, close. Dubai was first Youngstown, Ohio was second, <laughs> and Raqqa in Syria was in third. <laughs> but you know the Raqqa doesn't they don't have any nice hotels, and you know John Kerry doesn't really like to slum it at anything less than a Ritz
1: Carlton. Right. Marriotts
6: are 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 a little bit too uh, too adventurous for John Kerry, so. I don't know what the hotel scene is in there in in, in Youngstown. If you're going to get Mr. Carey to attend, I'm hearing that uh,
2: June was pretty cold, though. And I but I guess uh, I saw you somewhere talking about that, and um, that um, it's it's been cold, but we're not
6: hearing about it a lot. It's not out there. Yeah, and that's a great point, right? And thank you for bringing it up. June, we had the coolest June nationwide. Uh, in over 30 years. I think you have to go back to the mid-90s for a colder June. It didn't make the news. No one cared. I'm sure you know who did care. Farmers cared seriously because they have to plant. And in June, you need to start developing your seedlings. It wasn't happening because it was so cold. No one was, was asking you to turn off your, your 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 first world living or to give up your liberty because of a cold June because it wasn't newsworthy so again it just solidifies my point that the heat is is newsworthy it's sexy it's oppressive it's very uncomfortable it's like Meghan markle and prince harry's wedding and so it always makes the news um but in a couple of months it will be cold and everyone will forget about all of this nonsense
2: yeah it seems like um it's uh, the 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 cold is not uh, a problem for anybody i don't know maybe it's because uh People are, you know, in the wintertime, they're inside, so the, the, what what it is outside doesn't really matter that much. It's just, um, and and it, for people, if you're 50 or 60 years old and and you're saying I've never felt it this hot, something's going on. I this I've never been this hot in my life. Maybe you're right, but your 50 years they don't count,
6: right? It just doesn't matter. It's just not you know, in the in the hundreds of of billions of yeah. year of millions or seven billion years of the life of the planet. No, your fifty years don't. And and we have to stop doing climate policy based on phenomenology and so people's individual experience to say, boy, I've never felt it this hot. Well, I can show you data that in the eighteen nineties, the, uh, the the month of July, nationwide. Average than the high nineties probably about four or five degrees higher than we were right now um what's changed how many more hundreds of billions of climate emissions have we dropped into the atmosphere since the 1890s you would think we'd constantly be getting higher but we haven't and and so yeah we have to stop using people's personal experience um uh, and the way the media manipulates your experience to make climate policy especially when that policy tinkers with not just your freedom and liberty, and that alone is sacred, but with the economy of the nation and our national security.
2: We're talking to Daniel Turner, founder and CEO of Power of the Future. Uh, also, um, I, th- I guess it's cooled off a little bit out there in the desert, but it was they were making a big deal of it being over 110 degrees for I don't know how many days in a row it was uh, out there. In the desert where human beings aren't supposed to live. <laughs> exactly.
6: And you want to know an interesting phenomena about a really high heat, which we've been experiencing? The wind tends to blow less in very high heat. So they're telling us it's so hot, we need to build more wind turbines. But the wind turbines won't work when it's very hot. So what has kept people alive during this heat wave Once again, reliable fossil fuels. Your air conditioning is working because of reliable fossil fuels. And yet what are our elected officials, Republicans and Democrats? Remember, this is bipartisan stupidity. What are they telling us to get rid of? Reliable fossil fuels, reliable Pennsylvania coal, reliable Pennsylvania natural gas, and switch to wind and solar, which is not only intermittent at best, but very expensive and made in China with slave children.
2: And really, really ugly. Really, and really very ugly. ugly. So yeah. um, where do these alarmists, you mentioned that, you know, you just throw numbers out there, but where are these alarmists claiming that they're ge- getting the evidence to prove that it's the hottest that it's been in 125,000 years?
6: All of these numbers come from computer models. And anyone who has taken a statistics class or has worked in data sets knows that whatever data you put in, you can pull out. And so they just very conveniently generate data sets that prove their theory. And when you have Joe Biden administration with hundreds of billions of dollars in climate funding, a lot of that money goes to academia, to grants, to research. What other data set are you going to pull forward? You know, and if my livelihood depended on, on on pulling data sets to say the John Steigerwald show was the most popular show in the world, I guarantee you I could create data sets to prove that because that's where my money is coming from. And so all these numbers, they're all bad computer models. Um, and again, it's meant to scare people and it's meant to, to, to compel people to turn over their property, to turn over their, their privacy. I've said this so many times on your program, John, I'm sure your, your listeners are tired of hearing it, but it's so important to remember, it is a repeat of COVID. It's the same sort of scare tactics, the same sort of, we are here to keep you alive, but to do so, you have to shut up listen to us, and don't ask any questions.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, again, we're talking to Daniel Turner, founder and CEO of Power of the Future. Now, you mentioned the Biden administration. I see today that they came out with new cafe standards, and they have nothing to do with coffee.
6: (laughs) No, they don't, do they? They never do, unfortunately. And this is just using the regulatory state to push their agenda that there's no appetite for, and in Congress all of these standards should be made by congressional rules the EPA is not an autonomous body it cannot just reinvent its regulations to suit an agenda they are taken they have mandates that come from uh, the, the Congress so this is where the Congress needs to act and say I'm sorry EPA administrator you just can't willy-nilly change the regulations because you have an agenda to push
2: well, this is a uh, uh, cracking down. Uh, this is, uh, uh, I guess, a, um, a way to get rid of gas-powered cars and, and um, as an incentive or a mandate for electric cars. I- I'm reading this thing here. It says uh, cars have to increase their fuel efficiency 2%, light trucks 4% in 2027, and then after yeah. that it's 10% a year every year starting in 2030. That's not that far off.
6: No, and and 2030, we should be dead by then, right? That's what they're telling us. Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, we had 10 years left, and she said that six years ago. So why are we making standards about the year 2030? So even their numbers, even their dates are lies. Even their dates are just absolutely fabricated. If we have five years left to fix this, then why are we making rules that don't take effect until 2030? The reason why is because this is using government to force an agenda on the American people.
2: Yeah, Now I, I see that um, uh, this will also, if this, if they're able to push this through, I don't know what, what the chances are of it happening, but uh, it will not be good for the price of cars. It's, uh, it, they're, 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 they're forcing this stuff on the car makers.
6: Yeah, and yeah, and this goes back to the same philosophy of Senator Barack Obama in 2008, where he said, running for president, I'm not going to make coal illegal, but I'll tell you this, if I become president and you own a coal company, you're going to go bankrupt. And, and it's the exact same mentality. Um, Joe Biden knows he can't eliminate the gas-powered cars, but he's going to try to use government to make it so expensive or so inconvenient that eventually you'll just get rid of it. We've lost half of our coal uh, manufacturing capability since Barack Obama said that word. We're not using any less coal. We're just paying more than three times what we're paying for it, and and pretty soon we're going to start buying it from the Chinese because they're manufacturing a lot of coal. So so really, he it, it didn't change our lifestyle; he just made it way more expensive. And that kind of is liberalism in a nutshell. Right. It, it gives it it forces you to surrender your liberty, surrender your property for an agenda, and and the goalposts constantly shift. They never achieve their objective. Are we With half the amount of coal being produced in America, are we, half, are we twice as clean? Is our air twice as good? It, none of that we ever ask about ourselves. We just celebrate the fact that the left pushed their agenda on the American people, and these CAFE standards are the exact same mentality.
2: How much uh, coal is Barack burning to keep his three mansions air-conditioned?
6: Oh, you know, John, I don't think you're allowed to ask that question because people like President Obama and John Kerry are exempt. Again, like COVID, Nancy Pelosi could get her hair done. Mm -hmm. Gavin Newsom could go out to dinner. Your governors and mayors were allowed to continue to live their life because they're special and they were given an exemption. So, of course, John Kerry can have a private jet. And, of course, Barack Obama can have multiple mansions. The rules are for the rest of us kind of communism in a nutshell every time Bernie Sanders talks about the joys of of, of Soviet Union and remember he went on his honeymoon there and people say he's a communist I say nah, he's not really a communist he's a communist party leader right the communists were the ones who were starving to death and being forced to work in the gulag the party leaders had a wonderful life and Bernie Sanders with his four mansions advocating for these climate policies is the perfect example of a climate of a, of a communist party leader
2: and um just where are we uh daniel with electric cars right now um i mean that they're not being sold because no. people are excited about getting them and they're not even being manufactured because the car companies think it's a good idea it's all government coercion isn't it
6: it is, and there's a glut of them. They're, they're, the dealerships are actually starting to have a, a surplus supply, which I guess ultimately will drive down prices. But why is that happening? Because the government forced manufacturers to make these products. They gave out enormous subsidies and enormous grants to people to buy them, tax credits if you buy them, faster than the marketplace allowed. Right? This is a major, major change of behavior and and markets don't move this quickly and so what happened of government tinkering we saw this happen with the housing crisis when president bush decided everyone was getting a house and suddenly people who had $40,000 a year salaries were qualifying for $500,000 homes and what happened to the housing market look at the crisis government created so there will be a crisis in the in the car market and and they'll blame greedy car manufacturers they'll blame car dealers But it's caused by government it's caused by government getting involved faster than the markets and free people are willing to adapt to a new technology remember no one forced you to buy an iphone and look at how quickly it adapted and and the ipad and the ipod and earbuds right we never had a government mandate and yet you look around and everyone's got one the same thing may happen with electric vehicles but only if we allow the free market to operate and if The company is forced to convince people that their product is better and worth it. And if you take away all those abilities of of the free market to operate, you're going to have what you have now.
2: I I didn't look into this, and maybe it's an unfair question for you. I don't know how – maybe there's no way you would know it either. But just thinking about this, i got about a minute left here – how are electric cars doing out in the desert when it was 110 degrees every day? I just want... And- yeah,
6: well, it's good luck finding a charging place, right? And that's part of the problem with the electric vehicles is they, they need an infrastructure. And the infrastructure was not there. So even though President Biden promised to build charging stations, people buying electric cars are looking around and saying, yeah, this doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm going to choose something that's reliable. And And you can't punish people for making the right decision for their circumstances. And and you know who's trying to punish them is Joe Biden. He knows better than you. He knows how you should operate. And he's going to force you to live by his mandates, whether you like it or not.
2: Well, I'm out of time, uh, Daniel. Always great to have you on. I'm sure we'll have you on again because the insanity continues. Thanks, John. Always a pleasure. Okay, that's Daniel Turner, CEO of Power of the Future. And we'll be right back.
7: Are you paying too much for term life insurance? Term Busters, a Christian-owned company can help. There's a tremendous price war in the term life industry. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-smoker, $1 million of coverage, $75 per month level rate for 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-smoker can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of $110. Level rate for 20 years. That's right. Guaranteed level rate for 20 years. If you're a smoker, we we have great rates for you as well. At Termbusters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote at 800-558-9940. You're probably paying more than you should. Call 800-558-9940. Remember, 800-558-9940. Sample rate quotes based on preferred non-smoker underwriting. Exam required to qualify. That number for Termbusters, Christian-owned and operated, is 800-558-9940.
0: Attention t- Payers. Ready for some bad news? With $80 billion in new funding from Congress, the IRS has launched their most aggressive hiring campaign ever to ramp up enforcement. If you're ignoring your taxes, don't delay another minute because your paycheck, your bank account, even your home or business could already be at risk. Now, here's the good news. Optima Tax Relief, America's number one tax relief firm, can get to work immediately, helping to protect you from the IRS. A-plus rated by the Better Business 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 Bureau, their tax attorneys and licensed professionals are experts at resolving tax problems. Let them help determine if you qualify for the Fresh Start Initiative or other powerful IRS tax assistance programs. Take control. Call Optima Tax Relief now for a free consultation.
7: Call 800 354 2840. 800 354 2840.
0: 800 354 2840. Optima Tax Relief some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. This is the John Stacker walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
2: Well, you heard Daniel Turner mention (laughs) this is just unbelievable, a global boiling. That's what we're dealing with now. Now, you know, it was hot out there today. I had my dogs out in the shaded wooded park where I go, Uh, the the wooded shaded park. I don't know. It was shady. It was in the woods. And, um, it was, I mean, I was sweating, and my dogs were dragging. So, I mean, it's hot, okay? Uh, but the actual, the, that is, uh, Daniel wasn't kidding. It says right here, the U.N. chief says the era of global warming is over. That's great news, except that he follows that by saying the era of global boiling has arrived. So the, the planet that you live on right now is boiling that's according to the uh, U.N. Secretary-General Antonio Guterres. Uh, that's, uh, the era of global warming has ended. The era of global boiling has arrived. And that's what he said. For vast parts of North America, Asia, Africa, and Europe, it's a cruel summer for the entire planet. It is a disaster. That's what he's saying. It's a disaster. And he says, for scientists, it is unequivocal humans are are to blame. You, you, as you drive home in your your dirty, smelly, planet-polluting, atmosphere-heating car, you, you are the problem. And it's about time you owned up to it. You are causing not only the planet to be warming up, it's boiling. And if you're going across the Fort Pitt Bridge right now, look down at the river. See if you see any bubbles on there because it's only a matter of time till it's bubbling over right onto Point State Park. I'll talk to you on Monday.
0: The John Steckerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand, the yellow van.